Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, the hottest ticket in town. Fire! Fire! It is time for our last hottest ticket qualifier for this week, on this show anyway. And hopefully, looking, hopefully not for the season. Hopefully not for the season. We are looking for Bo Kendall. Bo Kendall from Santan Valley. You've got 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870 to qualify for Suns playoff tickets against the Nuggets for tonight or Sunday. If Bo does not do that, he does not call within 10 minutes. We'll open up the phone lines to someone else to steal that spot. If you didn't hear your name right now, you can still qualify by texting ticket to 620-620 and then listen for your name in the noon hour. Fire! Once again, Bo Kendall from Santan Valley. The clock has started. You've got 10 minutes to give us a call at 602-260-9870. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Nuggets now. This new adversity um, is all a part of the playoffs. And the thing is, it's really enlightening us, you know. Um, we, uh, now we got a good and grind. Now we're desperate. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I kind of like it. You know, um, it's not, it's, uh, we got nothing to lose to be honest. So, you know, just to have that feeling so early in the series is, you know, I know that godly everything really counts, you know, right now. And, you know, just to be back home, having this feeling is great. Um, it's a good feeling. Um, it's not like we're going, we're at their place and we're going to too late. So, uh, it's, it's good to be back in the valley knowing that we're about to have our fans on our side and um, the arena's about to be ours for a little bit. DeAndre Ayton yesterday at practice, did he drop a golly in there? There's a golly in there. This guy. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's too much, man. Uh, DA is is. Uh, in some ways, really an X factor now because DA has to be the third wheel, not the fourth wheel. With Chris Paul being gone, DA has got to step up. There's no correlation to to DA given this team something that Chris Paul otherwise would have to me. But I just think he needs to just make it make the Nuggets know there's another star on the Suns other than the two guys. That's they need to feel that is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, so just rebound and play defense like your hair's on. Run the court. You're exactly right. I mean, he he's been in double figure scoring in every playoff game, but yeah, you know, he was, he, he was good in game two. Yeah. He, it wasn't bad. Yeah, I mean, it's it, again game one and game two are complete. The perfect study of DeAndre Ayton because the numbers were almost identical. But <laughs> game two, you're like, yeah, he played well. Game yeah. one, you're like, yeah, get him off the team. Right. Right. Um, I want to focus on the, the desperation part of what he said. And right. I know every time DA speaks, he gives he gives long what you know well thought out answers, but he rubs people the wrong way with what he says. Oh yeah. For good reason. Yeah. I mean, loving being desperate. I'll say this. Again, this is a new situation for the Suns. And the reality of the situation is in the last three postseasons, mm. the Suns haven't been great front runners. They no. get out in front, they tend to coast. So for for DeAndre That's Ayton, a good point. For Devin Booker, for the guys that have been around, this might kick in a new gear. 
or at least that's the hope, right? Yeah, I mean, and we're yeah. looking for hope at and, this point, aren't we? Yeah, and the thing with DA, and I think it really kind of reached critical mass was when he was asked about his motor and he used the Tesla battery and then he dropped the I'm dominating and then he followed up with that game one performance. It's like that's the DA experience. That's that. Then he comes back the next night with a very similar statistical line, but there's actually force and effort involved, and it looks better. That's th- this is the DA experience. Yeah. So, uh, but but again, listen, we're hoping the same thing from campaign. We're hoping that now that the moment is going to to draw something better from these guys because it's been there before with DA. It's really just effort based. I think with campaign, it's just a matter of if his shots going down. I would agree. Um, DeAndre Ayton talked about, uh, as well, uh, shared Devin Booker's message to the team in the locker room after game two. Yeah. He really also said, have fun, man. He said it with a smile on his face. Man. You know, because um, that's really, really what it's all about. You know, we're some young dudes in a position where people wish they could be in. And, uh, you know, it's fun. And, uh, just competing and knowing that, you know, the adversity when it hits and knowing that we love this adversity and you having a team around you that, you know, dwells on things like that, it, it tends to, uh, you know, be contagious to where how we approach the game to fight back. You know, that book, book is big on that. You can't really knock him down. You know what I'm saying? Oh, if you think he's knocked down, he's going to show that he can get back up. So, yeah, he definitely made that contagious and made that well known that, you know, we about to have some fun. We're going back home and we about to turn up. And that, was, that was fun. That's how you should play. <laughs> DA's got a tough assignment, obviously. You know, we talked to Kellen Olsen yesterday, and I think Kellen's right on the money when he says expect the Suns to stick with their defensive strategy mm-hmm. of letting Jokic get his and trying to contain everybody else. It worked to a degree in game two where the Suns should have won. If the Suns have an average offensive game, they get that win on the road. Mm-hmm. It's just that those two things did not line up for the Suns. Yeah. So, you know, is it that this is where I get a little bit iffy on this, asking for more. You, you can't ask DeAndre Ayton to replace what Chris Paul does. You're talking about a, a production increase. Mm-hmm. Does he have enough juice after working so hard on the defensive end to try to stop Jokic, to contain Jokic because he's not getting any help there? How much does he have left to contribute on the offensive right. end? Right, right. Yeah, listen, so I, uh, all those things I, I think I agree with. I also think that, you know, it, it, the Suns are close. The Suns are close to having a formula to beating this team. One of the things that I think that I would rally around is that a lot of the national narrative is the Nuggets have dominated each of these games, and that's not necessarily true. No. Suns were in control of that game in the third quarter. Now, can you make an argument that the way the fourth quarter uh, unfolded, that that feels like domination, that when the game was there to be won or lost, Denver won it running away? I suppose you could make that. five-point game with three minutes to go. I su- right, I know, but but the Suns also scored, what, 14 points in the quarter? Yeah. So I suppose you could make that argument. But it's it, to me, I look at where that game was in the third quarter. And had Kevin Durant played a KD-type game, that thing wouldn't have been close. It would have been an 18-point game. I agree. And, and so that's what I'd rally around. I, that this team locked into a defensive formula that, that knocked the, the these high-flying nuggets. After game one, all anybody could talk about is what a juggernaut Denver is offensively. Took Suns one game to unplug that a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Uh, I got to give credit too to Kellen Olsen too, as he asked DeAndre Ayton about the clip that everybody was talking about in Game One. 
and that was the run of offensive rebounds that Nikola Jokic was getting after eight and got kind of removed from the play and stood on the baseline and, and looked like a spectator. But uh, here's how that exchange went. There was a clip of you from game one uh, standing there while Jokic was tipping the ball. You, you commented on it on Instagram. I think that was you. I don't know. If I clapped my hands. What did you mean by that with your response? I just clapped my hands. No, it's just funny how they just took out that one thing. I don't know what you wanted me to do right there. But yeah, things like that, it's just it's kind of weird. That's where... I feel the frustration for DeAndre on behalf of DeAndre Ayton. It was a terrible look. There's mm-hmm. there's no way to describe it, but it's just a small one possession clip. And, yeah. But well, on the flip side of that, DeAndre Ayton is a player now that has people seeking those instances so they can they can point it out. Well, yeah, I, I would I would say that you you give people evidence like that, even if it's only a single moment in time, and then yeah. But if you, if you've got a if you've got a long history of disappointing people, then yeah, I think that that's appropriate. I think you have to expect that, Yeah, personally. Jared, has Bo Kendall called yet? Oh, Bo's under two Come minutes. Come on, Bo Kendall. You got a, a cool minute, name. A minute 50 to give us a call at 602-260-9870 to get qualified for Game 3 and Game 4 tickets. If not, we'll open up the phone lines to somebody else on the other side. Also on the other side, we'll continue to break down Suns Nuggets with the one and only Eddie Johnson here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The hottest ticket in town. Fire! Fire! Fire. Fire. Bo Kendall did not call within 10 minutes, so we need to call her number, Big. Caller number seven. Caller seven right now, 602-260-9870. If you've been calling that whole time, you're going to get hung up on, by the way. (laughs) Sorry about that. Caller seven, 602-260-9870. That'll get your name in the drawing for Suns Nuggets Game 3 and 4 tickets. Good luck. And we will continue to talk about Suns Nuggets Game 3. Finally here tonight on... uh, the friendly confines at the friendly confines of Footprint Center and here to talk about it with us. Suns analyst, Sirius XM, NBA radio host, the one and only Eddie Johnson joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Eddie, good morning. How are you? I'm good, guys. And yourself? Doing well. Uh, finally, we get some basketball to talk about after a three-day layoff. And I, I've been doing a lot of gauging of the national media. And maybe that's uh, my mistake, Eddie. But there's a lot of people that think this thing is over. What is your message to the people that think this series is over? Well, I mean, those people don't understand the drive and the, and the fight back that you get when you're backed against the wall. Well, those people, when they're backed against the wall, they just fall down and give up, obviously. Uh, they haven't been watching the playoffs. Like, think about it. The Knicks lose game one, they come back win. Uh, Boston lose game one, come back win. Uh, yesterday, Golden State lost game one, came back and won. Now, what's the significance in those three games? Well, all those teams were at home. Uh-huh. They lost home games. Like, there's no way you can go down 0-2 and then have to go on the road. Suns went down 0-2 and they're coming home. And so a lot of times people get caught up in the, you know, in the rhythm of what's going on. But if they want to look really in-depth at this series so far, Suns should have gotten game two. Chris Paul doesn't go down. Then he was playing extremely well. They were balanced. They were moving the ball. They were up, I think, eight points. And then he had to fight for a rebound. He got injured, and it kind of went south there because then, you know, Devin and KD had to jump into another character, 
and handle the ball and do other things. And it allowed, you know, Denver to really be creative defensively on them. So that's the way I look at it. Now, I don't think this series is by no means over when you're at home and, and you have a chance to, to, to play well in front of your home crowd. So, yeah, I mean, those people, I think is that they want they want it to happen, and I get it. You're Denver fans, you're Jokic fans, and you want to see them succeed. Uh, but the Suns uh, have a lot more to say about this. What, how do you think the Suns are going to do without Chris Paul, primarily campaign, and, and, and how do you think they're going to cover for CP3? I just have to go back on, on history, right? And, uh, you know, first campaign has really dealt with some injuries this year. He's mm-hmm. had some tough luck and some injuries that he's had, foot, back. Uh, but if you remember a couple of years ago when he, he was given the reins and he knew that he would be getting starters minutes, he performed very well against the Clippers in the conference finals when Chris was down. Uh, I think he's performed quite well when Chris has had his, his mix upon him when he was healthy campaign and he went out there and he played. So I, I think they'll make the adjustment. Obviously, missing Chris Paul is a tough thing uh, because of what he brings to the team. But this team is talented enough to still be able to get it done. Uh, and, and so I have a lot of faith in campaign. If he's knocking down his shot, he's tough to deal with. The speed of the game will pick up a little bit more with him in there. And it, it might prove to be a good thing uh, for Devin and, and KD, who obviously is facing double teams. Eddie Johnson, Suns analyst, Sirius XM NBA radio host, our guest here on Bickley and Murata mornings. Through two games, uh, and obviously the Nuggets up 2 nothing, and Nikola Jokic was fantastic in, in game two, but what, what else has impressed you the most about what you've seen from Denver in this series so far, Eddie? Well, you know, in the playoffs, it just comes down to big shot making. Uh, you know, yeah, you have your stars, but a lot of times your stars aren't the one that decide the game. Uh... If you think look back at game one, yeah, Jamal Murray had a tremendous game. But the guys that really solidified it was Aaron Gordon, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Porter Jr., uh, Bruce Brown. It was those guys that, you know, because, again, I think you, we saw in game two when Jokic was doing all the scoring, the Suns had to leave. Uh, as long as you control those other guys, you have a chance. And so it's about big shot making, and they've had it. Uh, in game two, uh, even with Jokic doing what he's doing, Latavius Caldwell Pope is the one that, that, that killed us. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. couldn't make a bucket early in the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden he reigns in some threes. So that's just the way it is historically. Uh, it's always a, a hero that's going to jump up and give you uh, the win, and you see it in basically every series. And You know, personally, I lived it as a guy playing a role at the end of my career. You know, it's like, you know, I jumped up in 1997 and had 31 off the bench after we were down 0-2 in Houston. Nice. Uh, when I played for the Rockets. So, you know, could that be somebody that hasn't played? Yeah. Right? It's good to know that Monty is maybe going to stretch his bench and give Terrence Ross and T.J. Warren an opportunity. I, I like that because I think if those two guys are on the floor, regardless if they're making buckets or not, they carry a history with them, and that means people aren't going to leave them. They're going to respect them when they're on the court, 
and that'll leave an opportunity for Devin and KD to maybe get one-on-one coverage. So, that's, yeah, that's a great know, point. It's a lot of good things that can happen. Yeah, and you know, I, I want to vibe on that for a minute because you're right. Yeah, you you were a fearless scorer. You were a great scorer. You were not. You wouldn't hesitate to shoot the basketball in high leverage situations. Some of that has happened with some of the guys on the floor. Um, the psychological effects of having guys, whether or not they take the shots, but but commanding that respect that they will. What what does that bring to the court? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll use the analogy again of when I was in Houston. I was playing with Charles Barkley, Clyde Drexler, and Akeem Olajuwon. Okay, now you know they might look at you side-eyed if you decide to take a shot early in the shot clock <laughs> and look at these all the famous standing there looking at you, right? Mm-hmm. Well, think about what they what these players are in for here with the Suns. Yeah, same thing. They're looking at Devin Booker might be right there and they take the shot. Well, Kevin Durant's right there, they take the shot. You know, when Chris Paul obviously was healthy, take the shot. Well, you you got to have some to be able to do that, and and, and you got to have confidence in yourself. And guess what? Those guys are okay with it because they want to release some of the pressure that's on them to have to make all the shots. And so these guys have to understand it. Be aggressive. When you get on the court and your name is called, you got to go for it and be aggressive. You deal with the repercussions after. You know, like the only thing I saw when I was on the court with those guys that I played with was the rim. I didn't care. If I'm open, it's my shot. Yeah, I can shoot better than you. I can make this <laughs> shot. I'm paid to make this shot. That's right. Like, and, and you know what? Those guys, Terrence Ross is that kind of guy, right? Uh, you know, T.J. Warren is that kind of guy. And so those. that's why I'm happy that, you know, Monty has talked about, you know, playing them and see because, you know, you've got to have confident guys on the court, man. You can't win if you're not confident playing this game. The playoffs will eat you up. And so that and campaign is that guy. He'll shoot it. So you need guys that will shoot the ball. And then it's up to the coach to take them out if they're not doing well. But you don't take yourself out by not by passing up shots. It's a great and point. And so I think that's what the Suns need off great of that point. bench. Andy, thanks so much for spending some time with us this morning. Always appreciate it, man. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks. You too. Eddie Johnson, Suns analyst, Sirius XM NBA radio host, joined us on the Arizona Sports Line. Congrats to Cody Wagner. He was caller number seven. So Cody's name goes into the drawing for Suns game three and four playoff tickets. If you did not hear your name, you could still register. Uh, text the word ticket to 620-620. That'll get you uh, registered. Then listen for your name in the noon and 5 o'clock hours today for your chance to qualify for Game 3 and Game 4 tickets to see the Suns take on the Nuggets. Once again, that's ticket to 620-620. Coming up next, the big stories of the day in the Rush Hour Reboot presented by Sarah Cazell. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Setting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, everyone. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley Emirata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Excuse me, the local the sports leader. You. I did not hit that correctly. That is on me, the local sports leader. Uh, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day now, of course, starting with the Phoenix Suns. I'm Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hey! With Vince Murata. Over? Did you say Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. That's right. And that's Jarrett Carlin over there. 
Don't be so splatter pants about this. <laughs> Did that just come to you top of I, mind in that moment? I, or have I, you I've that heard word? of that phrase. I've heard that oh, phrase. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I never had. was not familiar with splatter pants. Yeah. Well, now I, I mean, <laughs> looking I've back, got a, I've got a bee night that you should attend. Then, look, looking yeah. back at some of the incidents in my life, I should have been. Bee night at the Carlins. Come yeah, on, you got to familiar yourself exactly. with the concept. <laughs> oh wow! I just yep walked right into that one. I poofed my pants. Uh, okay, do you, do you need to do any more, or, uh, or is that it? Okay, all right. Let's get into uh, to the basketball game. We have. Games. I pooped my diaper. Oh come on. We have game three tonight between the Suns and the Nuggets in downtown. The Suns are down 0-2 in this series. Game one, they lost by 18, and game two, they lost by 10. Uh, horrible shooting night for them, especially in the first half in that game two. Um, I tweeted this 30 minutes ago or so, but I'm just going to pull my own information here um, from my tweet. There have been 446 series in the history of the NBA playoffs in which a team was down 0-2. Only 33 of those teams, of 446, only 33 of them have overcome that deficit. That's just 7.4%. But when you look at teams that have been down 0-3 in a series... Nobody has survived that deficit. Uh, Kevin Durant actually has been in that 0-2 situation before. Back in 2012, when he was with Oklahoma City, the Thunder recovered from an 0-2 deficit against the Spurs and won that series. Here is KD talking about that mindset when when you've got your back against the wall. Trying to take care of your business every possession at home, one possession at a time. You can't get everything back at once, so just having that focus and that and that um, you know togetherness on every possession that to lead to some solace. You just got to take it in, like one, one literally one possession at a time to see what happens. One possession at a time, one game at a time, he says. Here is Nuggets coach Michael Malone shrugging off the Nuggets 2-0 advantage. The one thing I've been trying to tell her guys is everybody's so excited we're up 2-1-0. You know, because the, the Suns going into the second round are the, the favorites to come out of the West. I don't want our guys thinking we've done anything. All we've done is hold serve. Like, we're supposed to win two games at home. You know what I mean? That's, so I'm not celebrating. Like, we haven't done anything yet you know you don't win a series in two games so my my mantra to our players is like we'll do something if we go down there and win game three all right now we're talking okay which head coach has more pressure on them tonight michael malone who's got a two nothing advantage or monty williams who obviously does not and perhaps the job riding on the line but michael malone people are already handing the series to the Nuggets mm-hmm. when it's a little premature. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how widespread that is. I do think it's a growing feeling, um, but I, I think there's more pressure on Monty Williams. I, do too. I, I, I think you've got to get this one. You've got to give yourself a chance on Sunday to even this thing up, and and if you do that, I think the 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 picture brightens considerably. But you can't win two games in one night, nope. and you've got to find a way without Chris Paul to get this one to the finish line. Yeah, Monty Williams is the coach that is down 0-2. Monty Williams is the coach that is going to make personnel adjustments for Game Three. Although- those are two reasons why there's more pressure on him. Michael Malone hasn't really been pressed in this series yet to go to anybody else on his bench. We know the eight players that he's ideally going to play. So, 
Yeah, when you're down, I'm not saying Michael Malone is is exempt of pressure going into this, but more of it is on on Monty Williams' shoulders. Yeah, makes plenty of sense. I know Chris Paul tonight. We expected that, um, but it became official by the Suns yesterday evening, I believe. Our John Gambadoro says he expects that campaign will start instead. Here is Payne earlier this week on embracing the Suns' situation in this game. We got to embrace what, what, what we're dealing with. Uh, we've been embracing all these kind of things since I came to the team, since the boat had to go 8-0 just to get an opportunity. Uh, this year, we're dealing with injuries, but we, we where we are, we're here. Uh, so honestly, man, just, you know, you got to gotta take take what they give you, take take what the world give you, and just accept it and go do the best. We got a lot of guys on this team. Um, so no matter what, we got a great opportunity. What are you hoping to see from our guy campaign in the starting lineup tonight? Yeah, speed and confidence, and I and I think he's going to play with both. Yeah, uh, I want to see a competent performance. I'm not asking, nobody's asking campaign to come in and score 29 points like he did in, in Game Two of the Western Conference Finals against the Clippers, but there can't be there can't be a major drop off. There's got to be you know a, a, a competent level of offense if he's running it, uh, yeah. and he's got to do his job on defense as well. And like I said earlier, if, if the game is close in the fourth quarter. I don't think we're going to see campaign in no. the fourth quarter. I think you're going to see Devin Booker running the point, but uh, that puts the onus on campaign to be good from the outset tonight. Yes, mm-hmm. and limit the turnovers. Yes. Yes. So do you have any sort of stat line in your mind? I know you're not looking for gaudy numbers. Anything anything that you think sounds reasonable to you? Yeah, less than, less than, uh, less than five turnovers would be a, a baseline. And that's and that's maybe being even generous. I was gonna say maybe less than five four. is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on how many how many minutes he plays and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But it's. I mean, if he could reach double digits and points, take a little pressure off of some pressure off Devin Booker and, and Kevin Durant, and so be it. I'll, I'll ten to twelve points would be great. They'll take that. Yeah. All right. Did you guys see uh, the tweet from our guy Joey Arteague yesterday of Mikel Bridges? He sold his house. His oh, Paradise yeah, Valley home. Yeah, he put it yeah. on the market. I don't. Oh, I thought he. Yet? Oh, I thought he said that he sold it. Oh, okay. Uh, for seven million, maybe I misread it. I, I could have sworn. I he think they put it on the market. Oh, okay. Well, then who wants to buy it? Um, you guys want to go in on a seven million dollar house? I got like four bucks on me. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> That's a down payment right there. Uh, a lot of Suns fans were feeling feeling their feelings, seeing that it's you know it's like oh it's it's really real. He's he's not staying here. I'm curious. Did you guys have any sort of reaction when you saw that information? I didn't. Joey? No, no, I didn't. This is uh, it, it's to me. It's he's been gone a while now. So yeah, I think I, I it's all the emotions out of it for me. My reaction was a that's a really nice house, and B that's a lot of house for a single man. Yeah, <laughs> and a dog, and a dog, and a dog. You got to let that dog roam. Yes, that, that there was a lot of house. I there. always wondered about that. Like how much house and property. Do you need even if you're if it's two of you if you're married or something like it feels so excessive like you're only buying this because you can afford it if money wasn't an object for you Jarrett would you live where you're living now no but it, I wouldn't also I mean it, like a, you know why would I need a 15 room mansion or something like that well but also if you want to live in Paradise Valley that's kind of the home that you're working with right yeah, yeah. there aren't any like humble abodes. In that area, are there a quaint little? Not that, I, not that I'm aware room. of. I wouldn't know, though. <laughs> yeah, I would not know. To be clear, I would. I would love to be faced with that no, problem listen, sometime uh, in Jared, my life. Jared is asking the actually very, very fascinating questions that speak to uh, to to the nature of us as a society. Why, why do you appearances? Because you have it. 
Because you're Mikhail Bridges and you're you famous can. and you're expected to? Maybe he wanted to have a family there. Yeah. Maybe he was going to grow into it. And there's also reasons why NBA 7, players with, well, with well, their arrival videos, nobody shows up in like a t-shirt and sweatpants. Well, the, the bigger thing is the, the fact that he's selling it, I think more to the point is it, this is a guy that once said he never wants to leave here. And now he's saying, I'm not going back there. Have you seen the prices in New York City? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he needs that $7 million. Yeah. Right? That's a down payment there. <laughs> Truly. That's true. Thank you, Sarah. Thank, Thank you, guys. Rush Hour Reboot every morning at uh, 7.30. Uh, also want to remind you, you can text your thoughts at any time uh, during the show to the FanDuel text line. It's open at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, the Kevin Durant factor should be a big one in Game 3 and Game 4, for that matter, for the Suns. We'll dive into it next. Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Nuggets now. At the end of the day, it's all about just playing ball. Regardless of what the score is, you go out there and play hard. Both ends of the floor play together. And I think that's the mindset you always got to have. So the high stakes in the playoffs, but to the core of what we're doing, it's just, it's just basketball. So we go out there and do what we do, do, do it to our best of our abilities and let the chip fall where they make. So regardless of the situation, we still got to be the best version of the week. It's Kevin Durant talking yesterday at practice about different mindsets being uh, down 2-0 versus up 3-1. Certainly uh, circumstances he's lived through in his NBA career, but I think it's interesting. It's And there's so much psychology that gets involved when you're in a playoff series, especially for the team that falls behind. The mentality, the psychology of it, Bick, for the Suns can't be, we got to come back and win this series. No. 100% of their focus just has to be on the 48 minutes of basketball that will be played tonight. Right. And if they are able to win that game, man, so much changes, so much opens up for, for the Suns. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only just from a strategic standpoint, but from a psychological standpoint, too. And a lot of it is uh, it, it, the spotlight, I think, is shining brightest on Kevin Durant, whose who's failures in Game 2 sort of stood out. Um, he's been the guy that's sort of been targeted that, you know, had he played a normal KD game, that game might not have been close. Uh, our own Kellen Olsen said he should have scored 40, maybe 50 uh-huh. in game two. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to me to see how he responds. I, like I told you, I noted a little change in his demeanor. It was the first time I've seen him kind of prickly angry and, and I think there's I think it's going to motivate him uh, but to a larger degree it's uh, like for instance there's a, a story in Slate magazine Slate.com which, which deals with pop culture headline what exactly do we expect from Kevin Durant the weirdest NBA megastar career keeps getting weirder and the story points out that about 10 years ago maybe 12 years ago I, I didn't realize this but on the same day that LeBron James had his fateful I'm going to I'm taking my talent to South Beach press conference uh-huh. That Kevin Durant tweeted out that he was signing an extension in Oklahoma City, and at that point in time in 2010, Kevin Durant was sort of the antidote to LeBron. LeBron was suddenly the guy that was was feeling all the heat, and Le- and and KD was the golden child of the NBA. 
And it kind of points out the time when Tiger Woods got sideways suddenly because Tiger Woods was so unpopular, it made Phil Mickelson really popular. And so they're basically saying that KD went from being this unicorn that was embraced by everybody to this guy who's been on this journey ever since uh-huh. that's been up and down and perceived a certain way. And now we get this intersection tonight. Kevin Durant down 0-2 in a basketball series. Coming so. off a bad shooting game, mm-hmm. uh, which was not his worst shooting game ever uh, in a playoff series. Um, you know, he's, he's had plenty of games where he's been off, especially early in his career, but pretty interesting stuff on how he approaches moving forward after a rough shooting performance. Stick to the same routine. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of times I'm playing a mental game, so... Um, usually when I miss shots or sure to shoot the balls, it's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's an approach thing. It's, it's kind of approaching the game where the spots on the floor where I need to be aggressive from. So it's all about, about surveying the game and see where I fit, seeing where I fit. Yeah, and he missed 17 of his 27 shots on, on Monday night. He talked about it after the game immediately, said, hey, it felt good coming out of my hands. Sometimes it just doesn't go in. And then talked about, you know, studying the film on it. Was that confirmed that the shots were good? Yeah, we got some solid looks. We got some good looks. And, uh, so it's, and sometimes we could have made some extra passes as well. But that's just a part of the game. It's a part of watching film and going back and making adjustments. But for the most part, I like I, I like the shots we put up and hopefully we knock them down next time. Yeah, and I so, think that yeah. that number 27 is probably a good number to keep in mind for tonight in that area for, for shots for, for Kevin Durant. He's been around that number for most of the playoffs. It's been it's been heavy lifting for he and, and Devin Booker oh, yeah. so far. And oh, the, no doubt. The, the, the thing gets a little bit heavier. Tonight. Yeah, listen, and, and the, the fact that they haven't had a lot of sample size, I think, has led to um, some observations in the national media. Some people think that KD is kind of trapped between um, letting Devin Booker do his thing and not getting into his space and, and sort of being a sidekick to him and then at times trying to be the alpha male that we've all known KD to be. I think that's probably directly attributable to a a few things, but one would be the lack of time they have spent together. Mm -hmm. I I think we've only seen... Kevin Durant at his greatest is known for legendary scoring binges where it's just where he just it's an avalanche of shot making Mm -hmm. and you can't do anything about it because he plays so fluid in his releases. So you can't block his shot. We've seen one of those binges by my recollection. I I think we're going to see a binge, a KD binge tonight. It'll be interesting also to see how long the honeymoon lasts with Kevin Durant and Suns fans. Because if he continues to struggle this series and the Suns lose, and Suns fans start thinking, well, this is why we traded for you. Well, that's This why is the, why you're yeah. supposed to be here. I, I wonder like how the the honeymoon period will last with it. That's with listen, I and I think it's a very it's a very valid question because there is that element of the fan base that is already griping and lamenting Mikael Bridges, which to me is is asinine, but again, it's it is reality. It is what it is. So locally, so while the national media obsesses about KD's legacy, and I just gave another example of it, this most recent piece yeah. in Slate, Slate Magazine, a culture-based website's writing about Kevin Durant's legacy. I didn't know they ever did sports. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's wild. this is yeah. Slate Magazine sounds like a magazine that would be in the Flintstones. Right, yeah, right, right. But but locally, to me, it's it's that it's it's this. Oh, we we traded away all that for this, Jared. My my view on your question that you asked is. For some, the honeymoon period's already over. 
there's still so many people in Phoenix in the Suns fan base that won't ever get over that trade. I know. And they expected to go undefeated and win everything as soon as Kevin Durant was here. Which they actually did. It depends on how you view it. If you view this year after making a trade in February and getting eight games of Kevin Durant in the regular season, if you view this as championship or bust, you know what? If the Suns don't come through here, (laughs) the honeymoon's going to be over. And it's, once the yeah. honeymoon is over, you're not getting remarried. It, it's this is not a one a one season proposition. But when when next season starts, I agree. Everyone will be like, okay, we could win a championship again this year. But when this season ends, if it doesn't end with a finals appearance. It is going to feel like a failure, and why did they well, make that trade? It, that, it, that's that is that's going to be largely dependent on this weekend. What you're yes. saying right now will be largely dependent on this week. Because if you get to the Western Conference Finals and you lose, it might not feel that way. It might feel like, oh, okay, yeah. we're, we're right there. But if they go down without a whimper this weekend, yeah, yeah, that that is, that, that'll yeah. affect things. Yes, I think you're, I think you're right on. Uh, Suns fans, you can rally the Valley for games three and four. Text ticket to six twenty six twenty. Register and listen for your name today during the. Noon and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for Game 3 and Game 4 tickets to see the Suns take on the Nuggets. Once again, text TICKET to 620-620 to get in on the fun. Speaking of fun, the Friday edition going into the weekend of a big Game 3. The Fire. Bickley Blast is next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.